Go, go, go ahead, Dave. You're listening to Josh and Dave on the audit, which is on the lever, which is a, a news podcasty award-winning reader support investigative news outlet. If you'd like to support this show, there are a few ways you can do it. First, you can become a paid subscriber to the lever. Gives you access to our bonus content, and you get the show early, and uh, Lever Premium Podcast feed, extended interviews, tons of special bonus content, deleted scenes, uh, audition tapes, um, commentary tracks uh, from the director. Um, it's great stuff. Physical media, folks. It's the only way to go. I forgot which podcast I was talking about, Dave. I'm sorry. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution that goes to me and Dave, you can leave us a tip at levernews.com slash audit. You'll see a button for the tip jar that'll take you to our Venmo page or you can go to at the audit at Venmo under businesses. Follow us on Twitter at the audit podcast. Or don't. And email us at the audit podcast at gmail.com. You see those fools at the back of the class They don't care about grades or if they fail or pass They ain't here to learn, they're just here for laughs The day you're home will just to tear it in half If you want blood, you got it You trap a keeper, I'll on it Give me a crap, I'll blot it This ain't the tension, baby, this is the We're, we're approaching um, the end of this, at least this round. I mean, this has been pretty interesting, I got to say. I, I found at the end of like George W. Bush and um, uh, uh, Karl Rove and so forth, a certain like, I never need to look at these clowns again. But there's there's something. I could see us coming back to Prager U at some point in some yeah. form or other. Uh, but this this is almost the end of our official run. We have one more episode for you next week. We want to thank you for uh, – coming on this ride with us it's funny we we started at the beginning remember we were not we were not we were just gonna we were just gonna bag on right wingers and leave our crazy commie thoughts to ourselves and i don't know where we go about two weeks before we started going off on mayor pete yeah but i thought it'd be a fun one to discuss today because oh my god it's it's an old song it's a song we hate. It's a song these people sing all the time, but you, 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 you think they would finally learn something. How do we, how do we go to war? I want to really, I actually want to go to war with another podcast. <laughs> Can we declare war on them? I, people have said like, you should do these guys, but they have so much content. It would mean like you'd actually have to do it sort of like almost in real time, but pod save America folks. Mm. Pod Save America um, uh, had, a, had a fun one. I, I don't even want to say it's a doozy. It's shit they've been saying. But how do you not fucking learn from your mistakes, Dave? <laughs> well, because of Russia. <sighs> so that's, that's why. Like For anyone who's not 
aware of what's going on in the world right now. We're going into a presidential election. It's what, 17 years away, but you know, the shit's already started. And I can't even remember when this wasn't the case. Uh, the Democrats are running someone who's, well, could very easily lose to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's how bad it is. And they're doing the same fucking thing they do all the time. Do you know what I, did you hear this thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Let me just I did. play this clip. It's, it's our boy, John Favreau. And I just, everything about it, his, his folks track down the video. If you haven't seen it, um, just the like, mm, 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 of it all just is so infuriating. This guy, I think one of the things we learned with the uh, Karl Rove, um, David Axelrod thing is that, and if you didn't listen to it, you should go listen to it. But we kind of came to the conclusion that like, say what you will about him. I mean, he is evil. He doesn't belong in the Hague. And, um, um, you know, if I ever ran into him in a room, I would urinate on him. But Karl Rove is actually pretty fucking canny about how you run a political campaign. And David Axelrod seems like a fucking doofus. Like Rove would just lay out just nuts and bolts. Here's how you do it. And Axelrod would be like, well, you know, it feels good. I don't know. I had this thing once. All these Obama people benefited, I would say, from being um, attached to a once in a lifetime political performer. Say what you will about Obama. He knew how to he knew how to do what he needed to do, which is win elections. Yeah, and all these people now are just set for life because they they latched onto him, and uh, it's so fucking infuriating. Anyway, here's here's uh, John Favreau, and I can't remember the name of the other idiot um, as they talk about the upcoming election. If the people who voted for Jill Stein, just Jill Stein, in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, had voted for Hillary instead, Donald Trump would have never become president. Okay, there's more, but that is true. If the people who voted for Jill Stein voted for Hillary instead, Hillary would have won. It is. What else is true? Technically true. If everybody, if everybody who went to uh, uh, Avatar Way of Water uh, a couple months ago had instead gone back in time and voted for Hillary Clinton, she she'd have been elected. If Everybody who had toes mm-hmm. voted for Hillary Clinton. She'd be president, right? Am I right? Is this out? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. he knows this is idiotic. I don't think he does. Do you really? They, how many times do people have to tell before it occurs to them? Like, yeah, voting for Jill. You're not going to the fucking polls to vote for Jill Stein because you have to vote for somebody is- and she's on the ballot. You're going to vote for Jill fucking Stein. Those people would either stayed home or they don't what a lot of people didn't left the fucking ballot blank at the top. Right. Right. That that's, that's been proven through study after study. Third party voters do not want to vote for the two parties. So it is a protest vote or it's just, they're not going to vote for either party that those are the choices. They, they aren't people who are like, well, okay, I'll vote for Biden instead. They don't agree with anything that, that the main parties do. That's why they're voting third party. They're not. They're not. Yeah. They're not, hey, Jill, Bo- Jill, Jill, Jill's not. Jill Stein's not on the ballot. Oh well, I'm going to vote for Hillary. That doesn't happen. They might as well be like they got there that and found out Hillary was on the ballot. They then vote for Trump. It wouldn't happen. Now I will say, there's been studies that have shown when there are more than two people on a ballot, 
then less people vote for the main candidates. And that is because they, they are such a stark contrast to what the main parties are that it makes people not want to vote for the main parties. And that is due to the fact that the parties aren't doing anything for people. Yeah. That is not the fault of the voters folks. No, it's not your vote to have. You don't get to have that vote. You get to have the votes that you fucking earn. You earn earn them. That's it. That's all. That is all. Like you, you, how can you live through the, the Gore election and then live through the Hillary election and keep blaming people that weren't involved in your campaign. It's your fault. You ran shitty campaigns and now you're picking a guy whose approval rating is at 30%. And you're, and acting, about and you're already yelling more, at the left. The other thing to think about is, is way more people stayed home than voted for Jill Stein. They stayed home mm-hmm. for a reason, or actually for a myriad right. of reasons, but a goodly number of them stayed home because they perceived both parties as doing nothing for them. And if in fact that were Which not is- the case, if Democrats were actively doing things for people so that they could see most people don't turn on MSNBC to have somebody parse this shit and explain to them and analyze how they're, they look at their fucking paycheck. They look at the roof over their head. They look at their kids. They look at the food on their plate and they go, is the government leaving me out to dry or am I doing okay here? They don't need you to explain that to them. Yeah, someone made a great point of like when people are complaining that things aren't good, the Democrats' response is to is to show them a graph. Right. Um, that's that's not how it works. Uh, there was there was a uh, I'm not going to say his name, but there was a big Democrat who put up a thing like you know they're saying all the stuff, but is your life better now than it was four years ago? And everybody was like, no. My life isn't better now than it was four years ago. Mine specifically, it's far worse off. Um, And all these people are like, no, our lives are not better. Absolutely not. And they're they're dumbfounded because they're like, no, the stats say that unemployment is down. And it's like, it doesn't mean your life's better. Yeah. Yeah. Those numbers anyway are, are all, they're so twisted and juked and they only mean something to people on the beltway. They're not, look, there's more jobs. Not in my fucking neighborhood. You know, we'll move halfway across country to get a job at a Burger King. It's like, nah, pass. I will pass. That you lazy bastard. It's it's so and like frustrating. Said, and, and also the jobs are, are, you know, with COVID, the jobs are different now than they were before. People are not looking at jobs the same way. Yeah. They're just not. Yeah. They they have learned what, what is actually going on and what they get out of it. And it's just so frightening. This guy's just sitting here. Well, you know, it's as simple as this. It's as simple as this. It's like, no, you might. It's as simple as like, if you guys were actually doing something for people, they'd fucking vote for you in enough numbers that it wouldn't matter that there were third party candidates, that it wouldn't matter right. that some people stay home, that it wouldn't. Ugh. That's it. Right. And so, you it's know, it. I'm sure there's a okay. lot of Cornell right. West fans right. out there. Um, you live in a swing state. You vote for Cornell West. You're helping Trump become president. So you've already, so this is where you are. We are what? Well over a year out. We're well over a year out. You are already shaming and blaming the fucking left. That's that's, this is what your campaign starts with. Cause it's, it's been a barrage of this shit all over online. And it's like, this is not how you get votes. You have to have a different thing happen. If you spent this energy, 
yelling at the Democrats, we w- might have something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, these guys work for them. Their entire mandate yes. is to keep people in line. That's it. If you're listening to Pod Save America and thinking you're getting some, getting some kind of independent political analysis, you're a friggin' idiot. This is their bread and butter. This is how they can get Hillary Clinton on. This is how they can get Pete Buttigieg on is they are cheerleaders for a team and they're never going to tell you anything significantly bad about that team. No, they are. Uh, no, they're, they're, they're very, they also like, go look at how they treated. Um, oh, Amy Westerfeld drilled. Drilled. What about so, climate change? Oh no, it's a different one that she ended. But anyway, her and her partner ended a podcast that was on that they, that they had courted the oh, pod right. saves yes. guys yep. that they'd courted and then were the worst bosses and absolutely horrendous treatment of their, of their podcast um, because they weren't following the narrative that they wanted them, the, them to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was on, uh, it was on climate change though, right? Yes. And then of course these guys like the instant you come on and start talking serious about climate change, it, it uh, is not going to make them happy because you got to point out that their guys are almost as bad or basically as bad as the yeah. other guys. That's it. And you can say, Oh, well, it's Joe Biden's fault. He did this. Or that. No, no, no. It's, it's your decision. You get to decide whether you want to help Donald Trump become president. Yeah, so Joe Biden, you- arguably one of those powerful in the world, he's not responsible for his decisions, but some individual fucking voter whose vote barely counts, if at all. It's your but fault. Who are you ta- so so let's, just, let's just say this. Like, there are a lot of people that aren't better off. So what exactly do you think you're saying right here? There are yeah. people that were like, my life was better under Trump. Like, so what, what are you saying? And of course people are going to be harmed by fucking Trump, but people are harmed right now. I, I just, I just listen to this and I'm, and I'm just like, I get what you're saying because this is the professional class talking and you're talking like everyone should think like the professional class, but people aren't doing well. You're about to take away uh, the 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 pause on the student loans. Do you honestly? So now you're going to have now you're going to have Trump run to the left and say, "I stop student loan payments." Right. How, how do you not see this coming? How do you not see this? Every single thing that Biden got rid of, Trump can say he implemented it because yeah. all that shit started under Trump. He's going to be able to run from the left and say he did all these benefits for people. We got all that unemployment. We got all that stuff. Biden took it away. I don't I don't know what to say watching this play out. But but now you're talking to that person in a in a swing state and saying to them you can't vote for Trump because under Trump you had all this stuff. A good luck. I don't know what to yeah. say about it. It, you can see the train coming. The car's just sitting there on the fucking tracks. And if you want to help him, then you should vote for Cornell West. Or you should vote for Joe Manchin and his no labels ticket. Or you can vote for, you know, RFK Jr. if he decides to run third party. But if you don't want to help Trump become president, you got to vote for Joe Biden. That's it. Very simple. Now, I- that's that's like that will get you votes. And it probably it certainly did in 2020, but barely enough. But you, know, you want to win an election. You want to win. You want to walk in comfortable, calm, and and assured. Um, give them something to vote for, not just something to vote fucking against. 
go go past Medicare for all right now and you you'll win the next 40 elections. Done. Like I'm Done. not kidding. You win Finish. the whole fucking Finish. century. Messaging yeah. to voters who might actually make this decision is probably a little different, I would say, because I No, chastising works. <laughs> <laughs> like I do think you need to explain why these candidates would yes. not be good candidates for president. This is amazing. He almost no. seems to be getting into it. He's almost like, okay, but yeah, you can't actually do this. You have to, you have to do something. And listen, and then all he says is, is you got to tell him why Trump's terrible. I really do because I, and I, and I think we could get tripped up in that because I think if, if you are one of these voters and you hear a bunch of people yelling at you to vote for Joe Biden and because you have to, I don't think it's going to be very effective. Um, and I think you have to say why well, are that's what you're doing? Why Cornell West is not a good choice? Why? No. Yeah, that, that's what I'm that, saying. That's like, not, all he that's you got to explain you... why these people are bad. You did, but you just explained they're bad because they'll help <laughs> the guy you're running against win. No, that's that's not actually why they're bad. That's just why they're in your way. My God, it's you can't. Also like, it, it's been such a disaster to watch like all this COVID stuff play out. So, how are you going to talk people out of RFK Jr.? They don't believe in vaccines. They don't believe in anything that Biden did. They don't believe in it. So how are you going to talk them out of it? What are you going to do? How are you going to explain that person's bad when they think your guy's the bad guy? You know what I mean? Like it, there's, there's such yeah. a disconnect as to what the, what the landscape is. What he should be saying is we need to get Biden to pass some shit that will help people Yeah, to do That's anything it. that will help people to declare a climate emergency would mean so much to all the younger people. Yep. Th- there's things. There's things yeah. out there. And he's out there right now going, we're going to get broadband to everybody. Yeah, that's what you need. Everyone online. <laughs> that, it's that's also, totally it's been they helping. Do, they, don't, they never seem to get, you know, there was, say what you about Hillary, there was a whole, we've talked about this, when, when she said there's a vast right-wing conspiracy against the Clintons, she was completely correct. There was that yes. they used it artfully to deflect any criticism of them, which meant like if you were coming at them from the left, uh, you were, you were somehow guilty of being part of this right-wing conspiracy against them. But by the time she was running for president in 2016, there were people who had been born who could now vote who had been raised their entire lives to believe that what she was a communist spy, that she had a penis, that she raped children. I mean, there's all this stuff and it's like, you're like, well, it's not true. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's not true. But she is so tainted by some of the, you know, to some of the electorate that you can't run her, you know, that's what you're saying with like RFK. It's, 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 it's like, you can't, the stuff he's saying is taking advantage of people's perceptions of Joe Biden. It doesn't even matter at this point if those perceptions are correct or not. It's it's like he's beyond tainted. Beyond. Yeah, I, I it's it's a landscape that we've never had before, ever. This isn't like any other election in, in previous history. We had the one in two, 2020, but that was a lot of people voting for Biden because they thought he would take care of COVID responsibly and he didn't. And so now you have a really weird, disjointed, bizarre sort of landscape that is, is not going to make sense. And it's hard to know what to say to people or how to deal with it. Joe Manchin. 
<laughs> whoever it may be, is not a good choice. So that is something that I think Democrats are going to have to figure out in the next year. Uh, finally. Yeah, you just don't get it. It's just like, no, you, you're going to have to come up with reasons why people should vote for your guy this time, man. Yeah, he never, he, all he said was that you have to come up with reasons to, like, good luck taking down Cornell West. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're going to do, I wish you fucking luck. Uh, it's a really bad look to to be attacking, you know, uh, an, an older black dude who has just fought for people his whole life. But, you know, have at it. Go get Cornell West. Um, I think RFK to some people is just bulletproof. He he fills all their little. I mean, how many people are anti-vax at this point? Yeah. So yeah. many. And they don't care about anything else. Like, that's their number one thing, anti-vax. Uh, so. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to talk to those people. Like, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, there's tons of other stuff you can say about RFK, but at the end of the day, they're going to be like, he's right about, so it's like a uh, Ron Paul. Oh, he's right about some stuff. Yeah. But he's terrible on some other stuff. I don't Freaking care. Idiot, dangerous idiot. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be less than fun watching all this. Cause they're just going to keep throwing shit at us. Even if, even if you sit back and go, like, oh, yeah, I can't do anything. It's going to be, it's going to be all our fault. But, yeah, I'm not gonna, and I think a lot of le- a lot of the left is this way. Like, I'm just gonna sit back and watch it and not partake in the stuff. And they're gonna yell and say, just keep screaming. You have to vote for Joe Biden. And you know, I think people are people are really bummed out. Uh, people are really upset with Joe Biden. He's got terrible terrible percentages even if you're like well that's a false narrative created by the media okay so what it's there it happened yeah, it's it's, it already happened it's all right it's uh, the majority like, of your party doesn't want him to run period and it's, 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 yeah it's completely insane. I, i've never seen anything like this i've never i've never seen a maj- this much of a majority of the party not wanting a, yeah. a, a candidate to run and them running this has never happened it has never happened it is the most gimme election i've ever seen they it's truly crazy. think be- between abortion and Trump that they'll win. And man, I'm tired of you gambling with fascism. Yeah. I'm really tired. Yeah. Because by the way, they might win. They could. But that win. should not, that should never be the answer when you're running against someone like Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, you know, there should be no yeah. might about it. These guys are beatable. Well, they're not just beatable. You should lay waste to these people. They are. They are so fucking beatable. Yeah. But unfortunately, they think everybody's dumb and, you know, the voters are stupid. The voters don't know what to do. The voters are, and then the voters always let them down at the end of the day. Yeah. Just Democratic Party down. cannot fail. It can only be failed. Unlike the audit. I don't know. Good segue. A good segue. Uh, yeah. Our, our guest this week is a young man, Andrew Perez, who is the senior editor and reporter at The Lever, who has been um, doing some digging with us into uh, who and what Prager U is. Um, and uh, it's a pretty interesting one, I think. We get into their finances. We're going to talk to you about um, how we went to Prager U. Um, if we have any friends from Prager U listening, uh, don't worry. We're going to tell you how we found you if you listen carefully. And um, that's about it. So here it is. Hey there, it's David Sirota, host of Lever Time, the flagship podcast from the award-winning investigative news outlet, The Lever. In politics, there's a complex web of money, influence, and greed that corrupts our democracy. 
Levertime is an unflinching examination of the latest news, events, and issues that often go unrecognized and unreported by corporate media. We interview a variety of guests and experts across media and politics, and we hold the powerful accountable. Some recent interviews include Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, comedian David Cross, progressive leader Nina Turner, and artificial intelligence expert Dr. Max Tegmark. So if you're looking for a true independent voice in political media, check out Levertime. Go to levertimepod.com or search Levertime on your podcast player to subscribe. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. To, to discuss as a way of kind of getting into uh, what PragerU is and where it came from. Um, just basically, we've kind of hit some of this stuff in previous episodes, but um, in 2009, Dennis Prager uh, decided he wanted to start a real university, believe it or not. And he teamed up with a friend, Alan Estrin, who's like a, uh, you know, a, a reasonably competent um, screenwriter, I guess. Uh, his biggest credit is um, features is Pocahontas two straight to video sequel. Uh, <laughs> I love but you know, he did some work on David Kelly shows. I mean, I got to assume, but uh, I guess he convinced him there's a quicker if way you, to make one. Hold on. Yeah. David Kelly shows. And I know a couple people have written on him. He walks around with a legal pad. He writes the scripts and then you get to put your name on it. You don't write on a David Kelly show. Interesting. I cannot testify to that either way. Um, but uh, but anyway, I see he's only came up with the idea that the quicker way to make money um, would be to do what they're doing now, PragerU, which is sort of launch these things and uh, put up all these videos. So he did a video from 2018, which is kind of hilarious. Um, it's called uh, Who is Dennis Prager? And before we get into the big meaty stuff, I just wanted to play you guys a couple of lovely tidbits um this is from 2018 who is dennis prager and why do so many people love him as the producer of the dennis prager radio show and the co-founder and executive director of prager university i have given this second question a lot of thought <laughs> why do so many people love yeah. him D Dennis Prager, uh, greater greatest, you know, that's the question yeah. on everyone's <laughs> mind. Well, there's something and look, it's, we live in interesting times. I'm, I'm certainly not casting any judgment against this, this gentleman and, and, uh, uh, for any feelings he might have for someone else, but, um, considering who these guys are and what they go on about a lot, it, it does, it does make me wonder what's going on with their relationship, uh, a little bit. Cause, um, uh, well, here's, here's, uh, a little bit more. Through his radio show, his writing, and now PragerU, he changes the way you live for the better. He makes you a better person, a better father, a better son, a better mother, a better daughter. Name another public figure who does that. He taught me how to um, do oral sex. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. So better a better lover. <laughs> better, yeah. I mean, making people better. He's talking about this guy. Schoolroom sign that I saw in the New York Times. The world is better because you are in it. I don't know what grade it was. I, I assume something like fifth grade. What a stupid message. What was wrong with Negro? What was wrong with, with colored? What was well, None of them. There's no problem with any of them. If there were no moral rules and no police, men would grab women and do what they wanted as a rule. That is the way men are made. Yeah, I mean, so there, there's a guy oh, who's just going around making yeah. things better <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> making you a uh, better husband by knowing it's okay to demand sex from your wife even when she doesn't want to. Yeah, going to edit this to a, a less generous lover and a better person for it. Yeah, Exactly. But then he, then he goes off on, on Dennis's parents. This stuff is so weird. I would so not be comfortable having someone like this in my life. Max, a World War II vet, was an accountant, and Hilda, a nursing home administrator. Both were movie star handsome. In fact, if the stars had been differently aligned, Hilda could have been an actress. She had the looks and the personality. Speaking of stars, Dennis's sign is Leo, which makes you want to believe in astrology. I believe in miracles. Where from? You sexy things. I should tell you why I added why that does last it make part. Me I added wanna, that last why part. That, <laughs> why does that make me want to be believe in astrology? What just happened? He's a Leo, so he's a Leo. Makes me want to believe in astrology. What does that mean? I don't know. I have no idea. It's some kind of code. I don't understand it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's pretty creepy. Uh, he talks about how, um, actually I should play this too. Uh, Dennis, Dennis in high school, but he was always scrupulously ethical and honest. Cheating was rampant at the religious school he attended. He mounted a campaign against it. You'd think everyone would hate him for that, but they didn't. He was too charming, too charismatic, too principled. No one could, no one can remain mad at Dennis for long. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> who does, like, who debases themselves like this? Like, it's just so fucking yeah. embarrassing. It, it, it has it's a real hostage situation vibe. To it. <laughs> I mean, is this his submissive? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, it's very, it's very. Dave, if I found out you were talking about me like this. <laughs> Uh, um, but then it gets a little chilling at the end. Let's play one more clip. But he talks about uh, what, what Prager is all about and why they're doing it. Dennis already had a large audience, but the goal has always been to make it larger and younger because that's the future. It was from this thought that Prager University was born. An internet phenomenon, it has vastly expanded Dennis's reach both geographically and demographically. Over 300 videos from over 100 presenters and over 1 billion views later, with an audience that is mostly under 35, PragerU has changed a lot of minds. But there are many we still need to get to, enough to change the country, maybe the world, for the better, one person at a time, five minutes at a time. 
So that's, yeah, that's, that's the plan. No, I do want to say they, they always do this. All these people, they talk about views and views on things like YouTube. And it's like views are not people sitting down and watching your entire video all the way through. Right. To be fair. Views are views are what is, what does it have to be? Two seconds. Is that the number Andrew? Do you know? Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So if your automatic thing just turns over and starts playing a Prager U video for two seconds, you that constitutes a view. Yeah, you, you like got like shunted there because you were watching something like you know that you actually searched. You were watching like a, a football clip, and suddenly Dennis Prager is you know changing your life. Right, yeah, two <laughs> five seconds at a time. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that is value. Yeah, yeah. So um, I found one interesting thing out. Uh, when doing some digging around for this, that they got sued early on. They they had to dump a whole bunch of videos they had made because they were using photographs in them. And they got sued by a photographer over the use of a photo in one of their videos. So that's when they switched to that animation style that they use today, which I would say also makes it easier just to completely make shit up. Um, you know, we're, we're doing a thing. I mean, they do those insane around the world videos, especially for kids where they tell the story of some, you know, made up character and it's all animated. It's like, yeah, cause not, you know, and the idea is to show you how horrible Venezuela is, or, you know, we're working on a thing about uh, Canadian healthcare. And so they can just make up like entire narratives about people that, that they don't have to find a single solitary person to, you know, <laughs> to back it up with. It's like, hey, this cartoon character, uh, uh, couldn't get operated on for cancer because Canada's healthcare is terrible. It's like, yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, that, that was kind of, to me, uh, that was an interesting revelation, but we've been trying to wrestle with the idea for a while and trying to dig deep into the question of like, how, how big is PragerU really? And, um, uh, that's, that's some of the stuff you've been getting into, right, Andrew, that, uh, like how much money comes in, how much money comes from big dollar donors, how much from, you know, just grassroots and and uh where 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 do we sit with that right now what do we know yeah yeah um you know so it's a, it's a really good question um you know so they are a 501c3 charitable uh educational uh, corporation um so you know all the money that comes in is you know um tax deductible um there there's obvious incentive for you know big donors to be giving them money um, and it's clear that some of it is coming from from di- big donors, um, but you know th- th- they're raising a pretty staggering amount of money. Um, honestly, what's funny is among the right, it's probably not that crazy, but there's there's like no <laughs> comparable amount of money. Even like this pot of money on the left, like does not exist. Um, in twenty twenty two, they they filed their tax return on time. Very kind of them. Um, they raised. More than sixty-five million dollars, um, and they they netted in the end twenty million dollars. Um, <clears throat> so you know it, it's it's actually like a, they're spending a lot of money. They're 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 paying people relatively well, but um, you know they're 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 making money every year, and they they have. I mean- yeah. Do they hold? Do they hold on to that money? So that twenty million, are they just keeping it? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's then it's considered like an asset. They they have eighty six, eighty seven million dollars in net assets at the end of twenty twenty two, at the end of last year. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. There's like this. This is a lot of money. 
Um, there, there is no comparable like lefty progressive, any kind of media organization that has anything approaching this amount of money, like on an annual basis. And just in just like in terms of assets, I cannot think of any at all. Um, you know, if you look at like the intercept, they raise like something like $15 million a year. And that's a lot of money, right? That's, that's an organization that has received, you know, substantial outside investment funding, um, or outside funding. Like they don't even come close to this at all. Um, but you know, so we do know some of their big donors with, I think the biggest known individual donor is Bernie Marcus, um, who is, you know, the, uh, the co-founder of Home Depot, um, who they they like to interview at PragerU, um, you know he's they they treat him like some type of god on in these videos. It's it's really remarkable. Um, you uh, you had us watch this video, and I have to say, <laughs> I didn't know how dumb he was. Uh, I, oh, I, I I couldn't believe I couldn't believe how like I was just listening to it, going, this man is genuinely not not very smart. And on top of that, the way they treat him is, I mean, it's, it's like the thing we just heard it, it mm-hmm. they just like, he's like this God and you're like, it, he just, he just made bigger stores. Like there's not, well, a, let's, let's not, let's I not mean, characterize really, that's all that it, <laughs> let's, let's listen to it, shall we? Cause, uh, their CEO. Now what, before we get into it, um, cause she does a few of these things. Can, can you tell us anything about Marissa straight? Andrew who's the, the CEO of the company. Well, it, it sounds like from this video, she has been like personally mentored by Bernie Marcus. Like that's what I know about her. Um, if you know, when you start digging into the money that's coming into this, like, um, you know, one of the nonprofits that's donating to uh, Prager has like, you know, an executive with the same same last name as Marissa. God knows if they're related. I, I could not find that yesterday. Um but like would not rule that out at all because executive director is definitely in the kind of position where like she will be raising money. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, other than that, I'm not, I'm not too sure about her. I, I had not heard of her um, before, before I started watching that video. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, let's get into this. Cause it's, there's a lot of juicy stuff here about, uh, about him. And, um, and again, another one of these very creepy, Actually, this isn't true. This is the way Dave talks about me. Bernie, it's been a really a a bucket list dream of mine to be able to record our conversations. We've known each other for 10 years almost. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, So it's amazing. 10 years. Amazing. I'm so grateful. We've done so much together. I learned so much from you. I read everything you wrote. I listened to all your podcasts. Um, And so what a pleasure it is for me to be able to sit down and actually talk to you. Legend. 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 I mean, so th- these are the best interviews when you, when you get somebody who absolutely loves you to interview you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me yeah. interviewing my mentor. Let's, let's get into his, uh, his, his outlook. And by the way, how, how much does he give to them? Do we know? Um, so it looks like over the kind of like last four years, or at least the four most recent four tax returns I could find from him, his foundation. Um, for, so from 2018 to 2021, uh, the Marcus family foundation, it's called the Marcus foundation donated $6.5 million to Prager. So, you know, you're talking $1.75 million, like average over the last four years. Wow. 
And and we should say uh, the whole philanthropy thing is, you know, just a a stack deck. It's propaganda. But there's a really great episode of Citations Needed. It's episode 45 called Not So Benevolent Billionaire. And everybody should listen to that because it'll really sort of break down what these people are doing and how they're getting away with it tax-free. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all about avoiding taxes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, propaganda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's collecting a, a tax deduction to give money to, you know, conservative ideological groups like Prager, um, a lot of pro-Israel foundations, um, you know, that are like definitely kind of involved on the ground. Um, you know, I'm sure if you dug into it, it would not be, it would not be pretty stuff. Um, but it's, mm. it's something that he gets to collect a tax deduction on each year. Part of the book is that the American dream is still alive and well. And I think that people are losing faith in that. And the American dream is a capitalist dream. Let's call it what it is. It's a, it's a capitalist dream. Everything we have in this world today was built by capitalism. Every hospital, every facility <laughs> to handle people, so, uh, whenever there's a tragedy, uh, the philanthropic world. world comes out, most of their money has been made in the capitalist world, not the socialist world. And this is a, this is a book about why capitalism is great. Who took more people out of poverty in, a, in a sh- the shortest amount of time period ever? Anybody know the answer? It's called the Soviet Union. Um, yeah, what a crazy thing to say that in the world, only hospitals were built by capitalism. I mean... Does he, <laughs> does he confuse capitalism with just money? Is that it? <laughs> to, to be clear, not even true in the U.S., right? Like, there, there is a legacy right. of, like, publicly funded not, hospitals in this country. They, they've been yeah. decimated, but it's just, it's not even, that, that alone is not true. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's so it's so bonkers, um, but it, and it's such a cartoon vision of of the world. And again, with all these guys, I always wondered, like, do they believe this stuff, or do they know that it's uh, he just- does? Yeah, he, he totally believes this. This is yeah. absolutely this is how these guys think. Like, he's so distanced from reality now. He's just such a a millionaire, and it's just yeah. a billionaire, and just other people saying things to him to reinforce his beliefs. No one ever says anything else. I mean, but he grew at, up- at the very beginning. At the very beginning, he says. You know, uh, every people are starting to lose faith in, but the American dream is still there. And it's like, well, is it one or the other? Like, is it is the American dream still there, or or are people losing faith in it because it sucks? Like, what are you talking about? It's just like he's trying. He's desperately trying to say it's fine. It's fine. He's the he's he's Kevin right. Bacon at the end of Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's. He's the one driving the tank that flattens the guy. Is the only guy. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, well, he gets in, and here's the, you know, like a lot of these guys, I, I gotta wonder, like, look, we all we all think we suffer. Um, I I, I, I have always wanted. To, I was gonna I was gonna write a book once called "Even Paris Hilton Has Pain," and um, but the the problem is, it's like I, I don't think you can actually experience real poverty and come through it the way he has or perceive it the way he, but listen to him talk about his family and growing up poor. My father was a great carpenter, but a lousy businessman. And so when he worked and he got a salary, he got money, we were okay. 
Other than that, we're, we weren't. I don't think anybody's poorer than we were. Hmm. Honestly, even today, I look around. They got cell phones. They got cars. They got TVs. We didn't have any of those things. That's because we they had, weren't invented. My father didn't make it. We didn't eat. Hmm. It was as simple as that. But we, lo- we had love in the family. And the family was able to proceed. When he didn't bring in money, we didn't eat. Like, how, how did, how did <laughs> but they had love. It's so, you can't survive without food. You know, is he talking about like every now and then we, we missed a dinner? Cause that's poor. That is, that is poor. But there are people who are missing many dinners mm-hmm. and, and the only hope for them is uh, programs that help them out or it, it you, you cannot we had love, TV. but yeah. we had love. That's I mean, the, the implication, they're so ugly here because not only is it like, well, you know, yeah, we would have food for a while, but we had love. Unlike you fucking animals <laughs> somehow. Well, it's, he's also, uh, you know, the people like this just fabricate their past. It's just romanticizing well, yeah. poverty because yeah. he's no longer in poverty. It's just fucking nonsense. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry he didn't have cell phones. Um, I don't know why he didn't get one in the fucking 30s. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have TV. TVs weren't invented yet. That's just so crazy. We didn't have no. You had other stuff like you. You had the latest technological advancements, which was like a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, these kids are that TikTok. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh man! And then of course he's got to get into immigrants, right? It can't oh. happen in Europe. Can't happen in China. Can't happen in Russia for sure. Uh that's Russia why is not over the, the fucking. They all want to come. Why he, can't it happen? American Russia is now can't a, get rich. People can't get rich in China. Why can't you get? Why can't you get rich in Russia? It's not a fucking. It's it's not a socialist country. They, what are you they, talking about, old man? They certainly have oligarchs like Bernie Marcus. Like, I was gonna say, yes. where do <laughs> oligarchs come from? If if they're not made in Russia, are they born in America and they moved to Russia? Is that it? <laughs> Uh, here because they want to have the American dream. And by the way, most of many of them will turn in to the, the people of tomorrow. They'll be, they'll be in charge of this country and they'll be the capitalists of this country. If in case our government doesn't turn us into a socialist organization, which they are trying desperately to do. Which, uh, which who's trying to do that? Our government, our government, our, which, uh, yeah, but which part of our government is uh, desperately trying Joe, to turn this into a Joe, socialist? Joe, Joe Biden. The Joe who? Senator from, Joe, the former the senator from Delaware. Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Senator, yes. yeah. The, co- and, uh, the, the credit card uh, senator. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that is like the funniest thing about this, like to me, is like, um, is that like right wing billionaires think they could lose it at any time, right? Like, yeah. cause they know that it's like not fucking fair. Like they inherently know that like all of their wealth and like their, their like ability to like pass out money to groups like Prager is like inherently unfair. They, they know people should resent it and they're like shocked that no one is coming to take it from them. But yeah. like, mm. it, and that that's also like the, it, it shows you like the market for like 
donations to Prager. Like there are really rich adult people who think like this, who like think like exactly like who might as well be reading their propaganda. Like it's not just it's not just like, you know, being made with like, we want you to give out this message. It's like made for them. It's like like they are the children who are supposed to be watching and consuming Prager University videos. Yeah, and that's what I wonder too about how many of these things are actually reaching. You know, is is it reaching primarily people like him so they will donate money to, you know, engage in this sort of fantasy connection with people who probably aren't watching in the numbers they would like them to? Or because we, we've looked into it a bit, it's like their their kids shows, for instance, don't get anywhere near the same numbers as their regular uh, videos, which look like kids shows. Um, to be honest, but, but yeah, or somebody just going, Oh, I love that. They're sending these things out. You know what? It's the Lincoln project, right? It's like, it's, it's instead of actually trying to reach the people you claim you're trying to reach, you're just trying to convince an argument or convince an audience that you're sending the message out that they support. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, give it's you like, money. <clears throat> it's donor service that, that just so happens to be Thank like you. geared a, towards other people. Yeah. yeah. So like there's five kids seeing a prayer video, prayer kids video. Going, what the fuck is this? And then there's one or two billionaires going, that's the message for the kids. Where do I write a check? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got this great, uh, did you make it all the way through this, Dave? Yeah. It's <laughs> so bad. And go and go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love so this sorry. story. So I love this story. And I want, I want to parse it. So, Cause it's, it's, he gives you the details without thinking he's giving you the, there, there's well, well, one of the reasons I listen to it all the way through is because, you know, where every time a billionaire talks now, they just exposing themselves for being idiots. And this far in, I was like, he's a deeply unread man with absolutely no curiosity to understand the things that he doesn't like. He has no concept of what socialism is, what communism is. He doesn't know anything. He's just a rich guy who got lucky because he made bigger stores with a victim, with a huge victim mentality, which all these fucking right wingers have. Think about that when you listen to this. Okay. I heard a rumor that you were part of a gang. Is that true? Yeah. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) How did that happen? Well, when I was in middle school, uh, we had gangs. I was in a school that was half black and half Jewish. That's an important detail. Keep that in your head. And um, we had problems. And so this gang that was the prominent gang, and I'm talking about kids that were in their teens, low teens, 12, 13 years old. The, The leader of this gang used to beat the hell out of me every day. And I would come back the next day and fight him again. And he beat the hell out of me. I'd go home. I would get stitches in my head. I would come back the next day and fight him. And one day he said, I'm just tired of of doing this. I'm tired of beating you up. You're joining my gang. And I did join him. I became second in command. And Uh so I ran with this gang. Now, before you go further. That never happened. Well, hang on. But think about it. You know, for purposes of his politics and everything else, if this had been somehow <laughs> the black gang that had asked him to join, you uh-huh. know he'd be corn popping the living shit out of it. So yeah, he's not saying it, but of a school that's half black and half Jewish. So he's now running with the Jewish gang, right? Yeah. 
but while also, I lived in that neighborhood. Hold on. And he's he's fucking 12 or 13. He's not running with a gang. It's they're 12 and 13 year old. That this is just a total fabrication. <laughs> it's insane. It, it's yeah, a group of friends. He, there were some guys like, who didn't like him in a group. That's all that it was. It's not a fucking it gang. Worse. It gets worse. And, uh, we finally left that neighborhood and I left that gang, but uh, it left a lot. It left a lot with me. And they came back over the years. I saw pieces of them, wow. uh, pieces and we of them. crossed each other's paths. And it was a, they were a good gang. In those days, they didn't carry guns. Nobody carried guns, uh, and we didn't hurt people. Nobody got hurt. We beat people up, but that's that's it. And I did it's, my I did my share. We is, beat I did so he was in a gang of white kids who went around beating up black kids. Yeah, that's what exactly what it sounds that's, like. That's the part that's not being yes. fully stated here. Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your <laughs> awesome childhood of being in a fictional gang that attacked black people. Yeah. Well done. But then, but he got beat up so bad he claims that he needed stitches. Now, I mean, that's again much better than say being shot to death or knifed. But uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you've got a young 13-year-old there, Dave, right? He, if he comes all bloody needing stitches in his head, is that a, is that a small thing? No. <laughs> says, a says a gang did it to him? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not a small thing. But again, I didn't grow up in uh, the rough city uh, with, uh, you know, Jewish gangs and black gangs roving about killing each other. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it is, it is really amazing because you hear the story, you think about middle school and there were different groups and different cliques. And we're just talking about a clique of guys who were dicks. I mean, he sounds like he's just a bully. Like he's in yeah. the, he's with a bunch of kids who are the fucking assholes. That's, it's not a fucking gang. You're just a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Um, then he gets into sort of what's wrong with America. Uh, this one's a long bit, guys, so feel free to kind of jump in. And I think what you talk about is people having also pride in their work in a sense of self-efficacy, that they matter. Um, and, you know, sometimes I look around America now, today, after the lockdowns, what's being taught in college, you know, this anti-capitalism, anti-wealth type of mentality are you also seeing that young folks are losing pride in their work and are not really? You know, the, the thing, the thing here that's like amazing to me, it's like Marissa is getting paid a million dollars a year, like at a, at a, at a fake job at a, for an organization that is like fake, right? It is, it is like billionaire funded nonsense, like fucking nonsense. This is not a real job, not a real job in any sense. And it's highly lucrative. And, and here she is talking about like, like self-reliance and efficacy. Like it, it is the ultimate fuck you to anyone in this country who works for a living. Just, just the works, ultimate. Yeah. Like with a real job, like, okay, I, I, I work in journalism. That is a half real job, right? Like, like By the way, I'm is, a screenwriter and Dave's a comedian. So, you know, we're <laughs> yeah, but you got like, we're all at least like using like our brains just, just even at all. Like this is a fake job that, that it is a make work fake job. And to hear her talking about efficacy is just a deep, deep insult 
to, to anyone who does an actual job. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy because if she was actually, you know, whatever mentored by him for 10 years, she's just one of these people who just got life thrown at her. She's making gobs of fucking money and doing absolutely nothing. This is just, this is just bullshit. These kind of people, they're not fucking working a job and to sit there and say like, people don't have a work ethic anymore. Why the fuck does anybody want to work in this country? Work <laughs> sucks. Sucks. For almost everybody, it fucking sucks. My entire life, one of the reasons I got into show business is because I wanted to work the least amount I could every day. My The best time in my life was when I was a commercial actor because I could make six figures by doing almost nothing. It was fucking awesome. And that is other communities would be like, why are you doing commercials? I'm like, cause I'm not out on the road working my ass off doing gigs when I could go in and do something for an hour and make tons of that's, that's the dream. The dream is to work less. That's why these people try to retire, make a bunch of money and retire. Cause you don't want to work. Nobody wants to work. Yeah. Some people yeah. do. Some people do, <laughs> but most people are like, I don't want to fucking work. Like literally you're talking like the, the easiest job you could ever do is work for PragerU is to yes. be their like CEO. Like <laughs> it's the easiest job on the entire planet is to work for like a conservative think tank, nonprofit. These are yes. all fake jobs where you're paid a lot of money to do very little. Well, and, David and, and I discussed this. You know, I mean, we, we are very much, and we know now that they're paying attention to the show. So just so you guys know, uh, uh, Dave and I are available to come, uh, <laughs> Uh, help Absolutely. Uh, run yes. run Prager University. <laughs> I promise you, the videos would be way better, way better, much more way interesting better. and entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Stepping up in the way that you know you have taught the generation before us. I I don't understand how there are so many people out of the workforce, which means there are jobs out there. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs somebody. All small businesses are struggling today. They don't have waiters. They don't have cooks. Uh, almost every small business out there is, is really bereaved of people. Mm -hmm. And yet you have people sitting on their asses at home. What? Why? Because they're being paid by the government not to work. That's bullshit. socialism. That's no, bullshit. that's not socialism. That is not what <laughs> socialism isn't. Doesn't pay you to stay home. That's not what it fucking is. It's well, taking over the means of production for the fucking workers, you old crazy <laughs> asshole. Read a fucking book. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Worth mentioning, he, he cites how people can't find workers or cooks, you know, like, like yeah. or waiters or cooks. Like you're talking very low paid jobs. Uh, yes. Mine cooks are the, you know, the people who died at the highest percentage during COVID. Like, yes. so yeah, it, no, no wonder it's kind of hard to find, you know, certain staff. But the other thing is the government shut off everything he's bitching about. Like, the, like there, there is no right. yeah. assistance for, for like people to sit home on their ass or something like that. Like, oh, it doesn't oh exist. there's, there's, there was one. We're going to talk about it in a second. Yep. Sorry. So sorry. if I can make money, I have heard stories about people with all the benefits they have, state, local, and federal, can make as much as $80,000 a year. 
That's all because, as we have mentioned many times before, PragerU had a $704,000 PPP loan forgiven the same year they made record profits during the pandemic. 80 grand, man. You guys are pikers. I I, want to know where that is. Like yeah. I, I, I would, I would like to seek out this um, eighty thousand dollar unemployment gig. That sounds very nice. It does. I mean, this is just rich, rich people saying, saying shit to other rich people, and they believe it. And they're, they're like, "What's the great thing?" I have heard stories about that's, and they leave that <laughs> yeah. in. Andrew, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I have written the occasional script about journalists and spent a little time asking questions and so forth. But if you're interviewing someone for, say, a legitimate news organization, like, say, The Lever, and they say to you, I have heard stories that you don't run with that. You got to confirm it, right? You're not, it's, that's not news. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think, you know, you got to, you got to think that one through and just be like, does this sound, even close to right, like eighty thousand dollars to sit at home. Eighty thousand dollars. Okay, I I think, you know, I think if that was the case, more people would be sitting at home and not working at Home Depot uh, or or in a restaurant. But you know what, what? One of one of the things here that's really interesting to me because they they do they did kind of talk about this early in the interview um, about Home Depot about how mm-hmm. they gave like all of their employees stock. So like their mm-hmm. early employees all got stock. So like, you know, they were rewarded, they were valued to some whatever extent. Like that does not really happen at all anymore. Like no one gets that kind of treatment. So like, you know, even this guy who is selfish, self-absorbed, um, generally hates people. He was treating workers to some extent better than we're seeing now. Like, and he, and he still has no like understanding of like, and he's, he's saying people don't want to work. It, yeah. But you brought up a good point. Like not only have people died, but these are the most dangerous jobs during COVID. And if you've had COVID two or three times at your job, you don't want to work that fucking job anymore. You can do everything you can to work somewhere else. And it's just not even in within their capacity. To even, they don't even think about it like that, that it's dangerous. They don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Why would I go out and get a job? Mm-hmm. So there's an incentive not to work. Why the government will want that? I mean, I don't understand this government. I I really don't. <laughs> I just made up a thing that the government doesn't do. And now I'm going, what the fuck? These people are crazy. I've heard stories of the government's going around killing people's puppies. Why the hell they do that? I don't know. I've just heard they're doing it. Hold on. That's actually, that is actually our government. Our, our, <laughs> our police officers shoot an ungodly amount of dogs every day. Like it's like a dog Holocaust. Get it. I don't understand anything they do. It's like they're on another planet and uh, um, they're, they're not doing what's good for America. They're good. They're doing what's good for big business, for big, big business and big, uh, big government, and they're feeding the animal called big government. And the more big government becomes, the stronger they become mm-hmm. because they control mm-hmm. all the assets in America. And it's a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You, you know, it is, it is worth noting, um, like, you know, 
the the census sends like like uh, conducts like monthly surveys on on people sort of like how they're doing right now, you know, during the pandemic, um, like financially. And the numbers have been absolute hell since ever since the government started cutting back on COVID aid, like COVID relief aid. Those yeah. numbers have been really bad. Like they, they quickly skyrocketed and like it's hovered right around 39% of Americans. This has been for the last year around 39% of Americans cannot afford their typical bills. Like, Mm-hmm. It hasn't it hasn't changed. I'm talking literally since last summer, like you were talking like a stagnant, just hellish financial situation for most Americans. Like, what is this dude talking about? I mean, if you convince yourself because because you don't want to look at the reality of the situation, which is this pandemic came, it killed a bunch of workers. It's made a bunch of other people reevaluate their lives. And you just think, well, they're lazy, which is what you've always thought, which is mm-hmm. why fucking Roger and me was made, you know, way back when they've never changed their minds. This is what these people have always thought. So if you think that, you know, ne- that's all you're going to think is they just don't want to work. They're just getting money somehow. There's no other way this can work. Because in, in his mind, you have to have tons of money to survive. So the only way you can be not working is you're getting it from the government, even though if anything's happened, I mean, they also made it exceptionally difficult to get unemployment in a lot of mm-hmm. states. Like they've put up all these roadblocks for people getting money. They cut it all back to send people back to work. And that, that didn't, that failed. Like it's, it's, it, it's a disaster. And now we're going to take, take student loans and crank them back up. If you, I mean, the, the, we're heading towards a fucking wall looking at those, those uh, Airbnb numbers that came out today and how they're just collapsing. That is a sign that no one has any extra money all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And that just happened to come right after they ended all the rent moratorium, like rents back, like no one's getting any breaks anymore. And all of a sudden things are falling apart. It's not hard to figure out what, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, vote Biden. Yeah. Well, and you know, to, to (laughs) the real topper there is like, Right now, the government, like state governments are kicking like probably up to like 17 to 24 million people off of Medicaid, like off of the low income health insurance program in this country. Like God knows what the effect of that is going to be. That's happening like actively right now. That's, you know, Congress directed states to start doing that. Joe Biden signed legislation. But yeah, we we've we you know, the government is really attempting to achieve the, the socialist utopia for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. such an insane notion. <laughs> it's such an insane notion. I would rather see the guys who come up and build businesses and create wealth the way we did and spread it around the way we did. So thankfully, there are still... Hold on. Hold on. Spread it around. So yep. he yep. says... And I don't know if it comes later or now. He says, you know, we started Home Depot to drive other people out of business. Definitely. So yeah. he he demolished a bunch of mom and pop businesses and made everyone then go. I mean, how many of those people then had to go to work at Home Depot? Because that was their experience. So he brought them under his umbrella, which he seems to think is taking away their independence and livelihood is a good thing. And he's that's spreading it around. There's no fucking way in hell Home Depot spreads it around. That's the opposite of what they do. Yeah, yeah. But 
Yeah, he, he's also complaining about big business, despite, yes, building building a large, large business. Yeah. <laughs> There's still hope that we can save this world. Yeah. But the American people have to learn that their vote counts, and they have to really stop voting with their hearts and start voting with their minds. Right. What is going to help their family, uh, both in schools, by the way, uh, the socialism they have in school, the what teaching the of CRT. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, what? The, the terrible things <laughs> terrible that things. they're teaching kids. Yeah. That, that they're born with a gender. We could change you and don't talk to your parents. I mean, these are got disgusting things. I never even dreamed. So let's just put out there the average salary for a Home Depot employee in California is $36,000 rent for a single person. I think the average is 2,300. So almost all of your money goes to rent anyway. That's thank you for that non-socialist thing. Where are these schools where they're, you know, most most universities have a school of economics and a school of business. I mean, they're, they don't, they don't teach you about socialism and communism in schools as anything other than it's evil yes. because our entire system is capitalism. So we don't want people to know what socialism communism actually is. We can't teach them that because yeah. everyone would be like, Oh, that doesn't sound that bad. Actually. How, how does one become like a billionaire while <laughs> spreading the wealth around? Like, aren't these like mutually <laughs> exclusive ideas? Like, like you become a billionaire extracting wealth from your workers. It's just how you do it. Like it's right. the only way. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. maybe there's another way. I have not heard of it, but I think it's the way. I was gonna say, and if you could become a billionaire by spreading the wealth around, there wouldn't be any socialists. <laughs> hmm. That's true. <laughs> you know? But uh he takes he takes we'll, we'll go out on this. He takes a shot at that bastion of uh socialism and communism, uh, Harvard University. <laughs> I think that if they invited me to Harvard to give a speech, yeah, they'd boo me off the stage. Yeah, if they invited true. me. And yet, Not yeah. because listen, I have to tell you something. They would boo me off the stage, and yet here's a guy that helped build hospitals. I build trauma centers, uh, uh, stroke centers, uh, the Marcus Autism Center for Mm -hmm. Autism, uh, all the great things I've done. They would boo me off the stage because I'm a capitalist. Right. And I'm not ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. Sorry for our short attention span listeners. He's saying they would boo him off the stage for capitalism (laughs) at Harvard University. And I defend it. And I tell him, you're screwed up. If you listen to a professor who can never earn a living, he he teaches here. By the way, I'm what, pretty what sure just, what Harvard just universities earn a living, don't they? I'm, don't think but I'm what what you. just happened that he's like this fucking schlub of a professor over here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At Harvard, who can't even make a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hypothetical his hypothetical. Own. If he could make it on his own, he wouldn't be into college. And this idiot he, is teaching you. He, they are, he, so this guy, this professor has a PhD, I'm assuming. He's teaching at Harvard. And if he could make, he wouldn't be doing that 
as if that's not an achievement to get a fucking PhD and be an expert in your field. This this okay, person to be, to be that fair, we're listening Dave, to uh, come, come is fucking insane. He's, he's teaching at Harvard, after all. It's not. Uh... But this guy's this person is insane. Who's talking? This is a crazy person. He, I mean, he's starting to reach me. <laughs> to become an idiot, just the way he is. <laughs> Capitalism is good for America. It's created all the wealth we have, all the <laughs> no. universities we have, all the hospitals we have, have all been created by capitalism. Hmm. Oh, look, um, uh, we have the we have the worst health care for the highest cost <laughs> in the world. So thank mm-hmm. you. It, I mean, there there is something so funny too, just about him. Like, I built this, I built that, and it's like, I'm sorry, you were out there working, performing manual labor to build this <laughs> hospital. Like, even Home Depot. Like, I I assume you, you mean that your money is working for you by paying people to do yeah. labor. Like, this is it, yeah. it is truly insane. Yeah, yeah. but if you're he, but he. Yeah. This is what he thinks, right? He built it all. He made only, it all. Only people who pay for things, things build things. Yeah. Not the actual laborers. Um, yeah, he's astonishing. But we we were interested in finding out um, sort of how much, like what's the split? Uh, like how, how much money does PragerU make from, you know, all these rich assholes and how much of it is is grassroots? And there's a um, – uh, funny story. I guess we should we should tell it now. The, the big adventure we had with our podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, what's what's the it's the schedule B? Is that correct, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, I was like, you guys should go there and get the tax returns and ask for the schedule B, where they where they have to list um, donations, like in, in the amounts. Like at least they don't have to they don't have to name their donors, but they have to name the amount. It's like a really standard you know, thing we do reporting on dark money, but right. yeah, there's, there's, there's all kinds of funny stories here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, we learned from you that what's the, if it's a nonprofit and you call them or email them, how long do they have to get you there? They, they, they like have 30 days, but if have, so if you and, call up Prager yeah. you, um, and go, I would like your tax returns and your schedule B's, uh, they have to send them to you because they're, they're, um, nonprofit, but they have 30 days. However, Tell, tell them the good part, Andrew. What, yeah. Is there a quicker way to get them? If you go in person, they have to give it to That's you right. within 24 hours. That is, that is correct. And uh, if if you've been listening to the show for a while, maybe you've been idly dicking around on the internet, you may have stumbled across something we stumbled across. Um, while it's pretty darn clear that Prairie University is in Los Angeles, it's impossible to fucking find Prairie University. You can find some mail yes, drops, some P.O. boxes, um, but it is impossible and they do, uh, their tax returns are, are on the site, but we wanted to get the schedule B's, which are the more detailed ones. There's a punchline to this. That's glorious. Um, so, uh, Dave and I, uh, a while back, we figured out one address, uh, downtown Los Angeles. And we met down there uh, in the morning and we went into this, this large building and the security guard asked where we we're going. And we said, we want to go to PragerU. And he goes, oh, they haven't been here for about two years. And it was the one address that seemed like it wasn't a mail drop. So we were, we were bummed and went home and we kind of gave up. I mean, we had Andrew here who's, who's very good at this stuff and he had dug around and he hadn't been able to find anything. And we're like, all right, well, we'll move ahead. But, but it became this thing, right? It became this, like, isn't it weird that this group that obviously, you know, it has an infrastructure, it's got 
employees. It's got studios. Granted, not very big studios, but it's got studios and production facilities. They're clearly in Los Angeles because a lot of the people who come and do their videos live in Los Angeles, and you know they're not flying them somewhere else. So we decided we had to find it. And uh, I, I have to redact a part of the story because we're we got to be coy. But let me just say, Josh did it in uh, it, like a almost like a Columbo type way. It, uh, <laughs> it's a spectacular, a spectacular catch, and we're not going to tell you how we found it, Prager. You, you can just fucking stew on that shit. But that's how Josh found it. You gave it up, Prager. You and let me tell you, they clearly don't know this. They didn't mean for it to be there, but it's on the website. It is on the website. It is on the website. You dumb. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the conversation? Um, you know, the end with Gene Chat, Gene Hackman, just sitting in his apartment, tearing up all the walls, trying to find the bug. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's there. But I, I am not Prager lying. Either. I swear to stack of Bibles. Uh, the address for Prager University uh, headquarters studios in Los Angeles is on their website. Um, so we found it. And we, Dave and I went there and we knocked on the door and there was a, uh, a security guard, a beefy armed. fellow. I'm getting very to armed. I'm getting to that. He had a uh, blue lives matter hat. He was wearing heavy Kevlar and he had a, he had a big fat Glock just sitting right. I've never seen a, it was a holster right in his chest. Yeah. Um, it's a little disconcerting a side holster and a front holster. Yeah. This looked like it looked like they were expecting Keanu Reeves to come bursting in the door. That was why. <laughs> yeah, they, they were straight out of the Matrix. Like it was crazy. You're like, what are you guys waiting yeah. for? What's what's <laughs> happening? Nobody even knows you're here. Yeah, but it was funny because he goes, "Who who are you? we're here for Prager? What are you, who are you seeing?" He said, "We're not. We're getting some paperwork." And he was like, "Oh, okay, come in." Because they don't get a million people a day. They don't get one person a day. I don't think so. Right. Uh, they sent uh, a woman and I guess another one. Well, no, you're forgetting. Thing. That was the first guy. The second guy was much more aggressive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then, so then the, then the guy, sort of, yeah, go ahead. The second guy comes up and he goes, what are you doing here? And we say, we're here to, uh, get some IRS forms from Prager U. And he goes, who are you meeting? I go, we're not meeting anybody. And he goes, well, uh, well you can't. And I go, yeah, we can. It's a, legally we can come down here and demand this paperwork for yeah. you and, and you need to go, you need to go get it and tell him. And he was like, Oh, okay. Like he, he, but he was very confrontational. That one. Yeah. Which, yeah, he was which the most, just makes then, me, which makes me happy. Cause then I'm in my zone. And he's also, yeah, he's not happy either. So <laughs> do, do, um, right at that point, he's like, I want to be like, I had an alcoholic dad. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then this woman, actually two women come down. One of them didn't say anything. The other introduced herself as being from HR and she was very, perturbed oh um, yeah very good what did she say like she why, said, why why do you want these do you hate prager yeah what well, no she said why do you yeah why do you want these because you hate prager you and, and i uh, said and then, oh, quit fucking, yeah, i said quit will you because you guys are fucking with my school district what yes and we are going to get to that too in a bit but and then at one point then she goes uh and and who are you and i said i'm josh that's dave <laughs> <laughs> and uh she was very mystified and she wanted to know how she said, how did you find us? And I, I can't, we sort of danced around it because I wasn't about to tell her. Um, and then she, uh, gave me, um, I gave her my email address and she said, well, I got to talk to our lawyers. 
and we'll get back to you. And I said, okay, but just remember you got 24 hours. And then Dave and I left and um, we got about a block away. We we're starting to head towards our cars. And then we noticed this guy standing behind us who was like, every time we looked at him, he'd turn around and he'd be texting someone. And it was just, and then we walked across the street and he sort of followed us. And then we made our way into a coffee shop and he made his way into the coffee shop. And then we stood in line and he stood in line. And just as we got up to the counter, I, I said, you know what? I don't want coffee, Dave. Let's, let's go somewhere else. And we turned and we walked out and left him there. And, um, I read about how to shake a tail in the Hardy Boys Detective Handbook. <laughs> but then we finally got rid of him and we sat down and and I got this email and it was from the Prager U lady and she was just wanting to confirm uh, that this was my email address. And then she said, and I said it was, and then she goes, and how did you find us? <laughs> which, which I did not reply. It, well, it's and on the website. Yeah, it's like on your website. I, 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 but I figured you know they're listening, so that's that is the answer, folks. It's on your website. If you're concerned about people finding it, you should make sure it's not on your website. That's all I'm saying. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, and then and then we find out. And again, let's let's just say that Andrew is a great, great, great writer for a fantastic <laughs> news outlet. They've recently won the uh, the IF Stone Award for the work they've done over there. But uh, every now and then, something slips between the cracks. You want to give them the punchline, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The punchline is they actually had their tax returns on their website, like in full, um, in full. And it's funny because like you just don't ever see that. Like you just don't ever, ever see that. Though, in my defense, this did give you guys a reason to go there. Like you wouldn't have, yeah. you know, you wouldn't have had this confrontation uh, that you so craved without it. Yeah. Oh no, it, it's wonderful. Although you know, it would not be quite so funny if it's one of us and ended up getting shot by Blue Lives Matter. But uh, yeah, that would have been a bummer. Yeah. And let's face it, that's me. What? I'm the guy who gets shot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But what was? And then there's a sort of depressing finale to it too, because you you went through this stuff and and tell tell folks what you found out. They they just make an insane amount of money. Um, an insane amount of money, like $65 million. I was able to, uh, in the last, in 2022, I've been able to find some of their donations, but I'm basically accounting for like, maybe like $5 million, like in any given year of, of this, like 50, $60 million. Um, the really depressing part might be that, that a good chunk of their money is coming from regular people. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, they run about how much? I mean, you're talking maybe maybe the bulk of it, maybe maybe the bulk of their like sixty million dollars in, in annual revenue. I'm not sure because so, it is so. So once you get you get large donors to start this thing and kick it off, yeah, and then you start asking for donations in front of every video. Now yeah. it just it just starts running on its own. Yeah, yeah, and the conservatives. Like these these groups have gotten really good at like gaming, like Facebook and and YouTube. Yeah. Like they've gotten really good at it at like generating you know an actual kind of audience for it, even if it's sort of a freakish audience, whatever. Like they've developed an audience that that is is creating real money. Um, you know, you look at what also let's talk to what you just said. I want to sort of zero in on that because it's not just gaming. It's like talk about the majority of their money is not because if you look at these videos. You don't have to have been, you know, yeah. in, the, in the movie business or TV business for 30 years to go. They're not spending a shit ton of money on this stuff. Where's the majority of their money going? I mean, 
of the like $45 million they spent in 2022, I think like $20 million of that went towards advertising and promotion. So probably, probably yeah. mostly to Facebook and, and Google. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's, okay. that's the thing. It's, it's not going into, I mean, there, there is money going into production, but the main thing is, is just hyping that shit and uh, yeah. making sure it turns up in your searches. Is that how that works with Google? And definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then, and just um, in making yeah. in like probably, I'm I'm sure that if you spend enough money, it helps you know helps drive people from like one video to to your video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that was uh, that was less than cheerful news, but but I guess to be expected. I mean, obviously they they are, you know, getting out there. They are getting seen. They are whipping people up about things. So, oh yeah, um, and then yeah, and then kind of wanted to go out on. Uh, uh, cause that's the funnier story about our personal connection and experience with PragerU. And we've talked a little bit about this on previous episodes, but let's, let's get into the Glendale school district of it all, Dave. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, we have a guy in our school district. Uh, he was in our school district when COVID started in, uh, June 21, they put all the board meetings online and this guy starts showing up, Jordan Henry. Um, he's from Indiana. He won't say where he lives, even though uh, we're wondering where he lives. And he's talking about CRT. Uh, and then um, he keeps going to every board meeting online. Um, and then he posts his speeches on online and starts posting them in Glendale parent groups to try to get some traction. But sure enough, he then gets a right wing group of parents. They form a private Facebook group. Um, he's, and this is straight, he's taking straight from Chris Rufo's playbook. Like he's literally, their marching orders is what he's doing. Um, uh, now he starts talking, board meetings, he starts talking about Marxism. Um, he starts, uh, talking about, uh, going after black teachers. Um, uh, and it, and it just keeps, it's all the shit that we know, right? He's, but he's also now he's using social media, uh, in a way, like if a parent talks to, says anything about him in the meeting, he goes after that person online. He's using different aliases. It's, it's clear that it's him just using different groups. And he's and by doing this, he's getting all those other parents and he's building a, a little group of right wingers here in our uh, Glendale, which everybody has now seen on the, on the news. So this is how it all started. Then he starts going after LGBTQ people, the inclusive stuff. Um, I'm also confronting him at this point, uh, on meetings and explaining that people who, uh, attack communism, what isn't there are fascists. Um, so we're having a good time. Um, I've actually, I actually drove him off next door at one point by pointing out what he's doing. Um, now everyone discovers that he doesn't live in the school district. I don't know how people figured it out. One way they figured it out is because he said, I live in La Crescenta Glendale at a board meeting. And I, I went and said, nobody says La Crescenta Glendale. You don't live here because we either say I live in Glendale. Or I live in La Crescenta. But literally no, not one person here has ever said in the history of La Crescenta, I live in La Crescenta Glendale. It's not a thing. So we know he doesn't live there. He finally lives in Highland Park. Finally, he doesn't have kids in the school district. Um, and then he moves into Glendale once all this stuff is found out now he's still not putting his kids in schools but he is starting he now has groups meeting 
together uh, in person to start to do things. Um, he is literally using, there are toolkits that are being published by right-wing organizations on how to disrupt schools. And he is now using these toolkits because everybody can put them together and see exactly what he's doing. Um, he, now he's getting more and more pushback. He's, he's now holding weekly meetings by September. So we're talking four months later, um, holding weekly meetings to under, undermine it. Heritage Foundation has now put out a toolkit on how to undermine schools, and he is following it to the T. Um, so then it, it just goes on and on, and he eventually gets a teacher to speak out um, about trans stuff. Uh, that teacher holds up a, a uh, pride-colored flag mm-hmm. with a Nazi symbol on it. Um, that teacher is immediately fired. Uh, which he was going to retire at the end of the year. Public chagrin of our friend. uh, What what is her name? Jill Simoleon. Yes. So Uh, she's another one. So Jill Jill Simoleon, the head of Prager use kids video. So somehow department, and it's not surprising because Jordan Henry, while doing this is getting and connecting with right-wing groups all over the place. And, and now we're talking the proud boys and we're, so it's all, it's the whole mixture of fucking kooks. It's moms for Liberty. It's all that stuff. And so now they're all coming. And so now PragerU is there and PragerU starts making videos about this. And it's all, you can see the cycle as it just snowballs, like what they're doing. Um, yes, Jill is involved. Jill also does not have kids in Glendale schools. This is all being done by people that don't have kids in Glendale schools. And where at first Jordan Henry was saying, we need to fix the schools. Now, in 2023, he is saying, you need to destroy the schools and take your kids out of public schools, which was where they wanted to go the whole time. Um, And he's, so everyone can connect him to all of this right wing. It's, it's a plan it's, it's a literal plan they're putting on it, how to, how to do this to schools. It's going to happen to everyone's school. Yeah, they, they did a, they did a video shot at the Glendale school district. One of their idiots, uh, Aldo Barazzoni, one of their quote unquote hosts. I uh, may have gotten in his face. Up. Is that the guy? Right. So, <laughs> so we hear about, we hear about this district. They have definitely been targeting this district. Well, the reason is, is because this guy uh, is, is, uh, is, so he also doesn't have a job, which is an interesting thing. His wife works for the LA Philharmonic. So he is Bernie either have to say about that. I wonder <laughs> he's either just living off of her and doing this at home. She is now lawyered up because so many people want the LA Philharmonic to fire her. Um, and the teacher who, uh, who got fired is lawyered up by the same lawyer. The lawyer is of course connected to Chris Rufo. So it is a giant, you know, they're, they know what they're doing and they're telling they'll protect people. If they go in and do this, they're getting them lawyers. Um, and, and so, well, that's kind of where we are today. He's, he's starting these, getting these big rallies going, you go there and there are proud boys from Fresno. There's proud boys from San Francisco. There's proud boys from all over the state. They're there to fight. Um, we had to get in their face and they, they try to circle around behind the parents. They're trying to attack the parents and then anti-fuzz. Let's be clear. Cause them. a lot of our listeners don't know about this and it made news, but not the kind of news. A lot of, 
uh, this was a few weeks ago at the district. It was the, the, um, uh, you were there, a bunch of these people, yeah, they flew proud boys in from around the country. Um, you there, saw, yeah, there's proud boys from Prager, everywhere. Prager hosts there. Um, there are Prager hosts. There. So this, this one Prager host and they, they had just, they had just done a video in which they talked to Glendale parents and put it up on the Prager, uh, site. And, uh, that's being pushed by Jill, I think. And, uh, and so they have this guy come down he keeps trying to wade in amongst the parents and people like me and others are like, some people have an air horn to, to not allow them to record, um, and just basically getting in their face. Cause they're trying to get snippets of someone saying something that they can use on, on Prager you, right? Like some parent that right. doesn't have any media training to say something that's, you know, they can cut out. And, um, so it's, it's a clear, it's, it's a massive coordinated attack. And, and it's, it's coming to your school. It's apps. This, they're going to do this everywhere. They're trying to destroy schools. These people don't have kids in school and they're, and they're causing all this shit. Now, fortunately our school district doesn't give a shit. Like they're not going to change. And, and we, the normal parents packed the meeting so they couldn't get anybody up to speak and say anything. Um, and, and they ended up voting, making June pride month, which is what these people wanted to stop. But then, you know, they came back, I think this, uh, two weeks ago, same shit. They, you know, they, beat and that was all that was on the agenda. Am I wrong? Was simply just like, was it, was it like, you know, it's item 47 C we acknowledge June is pride month. I mean, yeah, that was all they were doing. Those math grades up. <laughs> Right. I mean, they, they keep saying this, Jordan Henry keeps saying, you know, this is what you're teaching and every board meeting, the, the board goes, that is absolutely not what we're teaching. So he's making up, it's like CRT. CRT is not being taught in any elementary high school anywhere in the country. It's not a thing. doesn't exist. Um, so, you know, are they teaching Marxism? God, I wish they were, but they're not. <laughs> um, are they, you know, and then it's like, they're pushing trans stuff. No, they're just, they're just allowing kids to you know, live basically. Um, so, and, and they're doing it at a North Hollywood school. Uh, there's been fights there. Look, the fascists are very smart in that they know if they go out and have street fights, it will attract other dumb right-wing street fighters. That's, that's what this is, but you also can't allow them to do it. So you have to, you can't just allow them to go out because they will then just beat people up who are, not able to, you know, protect themselves. That's what they do. So you have to go out there and, and put your body in the way, which is what we did. But again, it's a self-perpetuating thing. Like you can't stop it. The only way to stop it is to get 10,000 people out there and chase them away. That's the only thing that ever mm -hmm. works with fascists. Unfortunately, we couldn't get people out. I couldn't get other parents to go because they were too scared. Um, you know, but that's what they, that's what they count on. And they look, we have in LA, several well-known proud boy fascists who have beaten reporters. Uh, this guy, Tony moon, who is a, a mortgage broker in Pasadena fills up his uh, water bottle with sand and has hit journalists and other people. And that's the kind of people our media should be like, by the way, here's a guy in your community. That's a fascist. This is, 
the fascist threat in your community, but the LA Times just ignores it. And we have a bunch of those guys and they're totally being ignored. And so they get to well, keep it took, doing yeah, it. It's worth noting that when the LA Times covered this story, in fact, when all the local media covered this story, there was no mention. It was just simply there were opposite groups uh, uh, protesting at this thing. And there were yeah. so many instantly people on social media going, those are proud boys isolating people from the crowd, taking fo- you know photos of them, holding them up against other photos of known members and leaders in the Proud Boy movement and other groups repeatedly before finally, I think it was the next day, the LA Times added a thing saying, uh, we have received several reports over time that there may have been some Proud Boys at the, I mean, it was, it was absurd. May, the, the fact that you have. can't. The fact that you can't ID the guys that I can ID, but the fact that you can't ID like Tony Moon at this point means you're a total and complete failure at your job. This guy goes around Los Angeles starting fights. He's a street fighting fascist. He thrives. He lives on it. He went away for a little while because people found his house. Um, uh, and then I guess that scared him back in, but he's back out now. And look, they're very, you can see what they're doing when you're on the street. You watch them move. They move in groups and they try to, they try to break through police lines and get through to b- behind people. They're, they're fucking dangerous. And when you saw that street fight, if anybody saw it, there's a guy in the middle punching a woman, like a, like a 45 year old woman, just punching her in the face and the cop doesn't do anything. And then a cop arrests an Antifa guy for trying to help her. That's, that's what you're dealing with. And I think what's particularly frustrating and I think and interesting is the fact that, you know, Dennis Prager himself and now Prager you, their entire shtick has always been, hey, we're we're the good guys. We are kind and peaceful and, you know, I use what is he, you know, Talmudic wisdom to arrive at my conclusions. Um, we are not the angry, hateful conservatives. We are we are here to work things out and, and use reason and common sense. And the fact that you can draw a straight line, that you can actually connect them to straight up hate groups um, yeah. is a story and it should be a bigger story and people should be talking about it. We should be reading about it in the LA times because Prager U is here. Glendale school district is here. Um, and, and, you know, to the best of our knowledge, no one is even working on that story there. No, it doesn't seem like it is. I mean, th- this is, the, the cursory, you know, just kind of stuff they've covered about the Glendale thing is does not at all do it justice. And, and what's going on, uh, you would have no idea if you lived in LA that this is an orchestrated campaign that's clearly being, you know, handled from high levels and uh, bringing together all these disparate groups. And, and also like, you know, groups like the Heritage Foundation are putting out anti- CRT shit and, and toolkits on how to disrupt schools. And they're just treated like a think tank. It's that's not a fucking think tank. At this point, it's like a terrorist organization. They're terrorizing parents and kids. Obviously it's bad enough. We have to live with all their fucking shootings. Uh, so Andrew, I mean, you're, you're, you know, we, we, we've got to, we've got to let Andrew go in a minute, but just, you know, you're, you're a real journalist, man. You do, you do good work. You're in this world. I mean, is there any insight you've got? Is there anything, how, how do you get like a local paper, like the LA times? I mean, how do you get local media to actually take a story like this seriously, to pay more attention to it and write about it? Are they just terrified or are they just not interested? Hmm. Not entirely sure, honestly. Um, you know, I would think that reader complaints might might help. Um, 
But, you know, this is sort of the thing at a lot of these news outlets is like, or a lot of news outlets, period, is just that the editing staff is like, you know, probably comes from a sort of like middle of the road, leans conservative, you know, ideological perspective. Um, Conflict diverse, especially as it uh, relates to the right wing, because they can be a real handful. Um, But, you know, I mean, I I do think that, um, you know, if you could if you could get them out there with you, you know, to, to these events. They were there. They, they were there. They just didn't cover LA it. LA Times was there. They were interviewing people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just well, I mean, that's good. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I do think it's pretty wild that like Prager had someone at that. Um, like it, it definitely raises questions. I, I, I don't know that we have like answers for it, but that's, that's pretty, pretty, uh, I mean, sketchy, yeah. you know, Jill is driving people there. Yeah. Not driving physically, but like pushing people to go there. They, they're putting up, a, a this is what Glendale parents think videos to drive people to the meetings. Um, so she's heavily involved. And if people don't know that she, she made a video of us online um, talking about stuff and, and standing there and making faces while we talked about it. Um, oh yeah. As of our show. Yep. Yeah, you so think they're, that's they're skating. It was it was savage. We, you we think cried. that's going to happen here? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think um, I feel like because she went away so quick, I feel like that someone at Prager said, "Don't give them any attention." Yeah, yeah. I would imagine because you yeah. know Dennis Prager is actually for as much as a total buffoon, he is like he does know like this. If you give us attention, it just brings more attention yeah. to the. Yeah, uh, not acknowledge the podcast. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that it's like a really productive pitch to be like, yeah, listen to these people talk about our billionaire donor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> listen to how they talk about Bernie. He he's a fucking hero, man. He he is the mentor to Marissa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Andrew, man, thank you so much uh, for coming on this little journey with us. Um, of course, yeah. I, I got to ask, how were you? Were you very familiar with Prager before we got into this, or had you just sort of heard of them and that was it? I mean, loosely familiar. Have have seen some of their stuff. You know, it's it's easy to treat it as sort of a laugh line. Um, some of it, and then you know, then you guys have been digging deep. But then you, you know, you you touch the tax return, you're like, I can't believe these people have. Sixty-five million dollars in annual yeah. revenue. That's that's kind of it's a little scary. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the frustrating thing and the frightening thing. Uh, well, thank you, man. We've uh, uh, appreciated very much. Um, we've gotten a lot out of these conversations, and and hopefully, this is just the beginning of something, not um, <laughs> not the end. Yeah, so. and I've said I've said this before, but obviously, mm. the left can't compete financially. But with things like TikTok and Instagram, you can take their videos and, you know, pause them and respond and talk about how they're talking shit. And you can undermine them uh, by doing that, like mm-hmm. uh, put the, the factual information in there. That's that's a tool that is very easy for people to do to counter it. Yeah. We're actually doing one in a week or two. That's uh, going to be pretty cool, I think. But um, yeah. Well, uh, all right. Well, we have got um, one more of these to go, and then we're out. And uh, 
this is, I think, because this has been a fairly heavy one, we're going to, uh, we'll go out next week with a light one. We've got another one of our insane reaction videos where we strap someone to a chair who we love and made him watch a bunch of these videos. And uh, it's a very funny gentleman, and you'll have to wait a week to find out who. But um, thank you so much to Andrew Perez and the lover. It's, bi- it's uh, Bill Maher. That's right. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Good morning, class. Good morning, Good morning Professor Gender Today we're learning all about socialism, deviant sex, and devil worship. Yay! And how cool it is. Hail Satan! But I want to learn about Jesus! Ooh. Oh, Timmy, science fiction is next week. If you finally had enough of hippie college left-wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Good news, class. Bill Gates is here to give everyone free vaccine. Science is a commie plot. Our professors can't be bought. All textbooks are Soros-free at Prager University. My pronouns are he and him. No more guilt, no more blame, no more hetero-white male shame, no apes on your family tree at Prager University. We want to thank our incredible support team, uh, Brian Ciano, our free-floating agent of chaos, a.k.a. research guy. And also Colin McCoy, who does all of our music. You can also find him. He out there in music world. He is known as Diesel Boots. 